Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope you guys are freaking well. This is, let me tell you guys something. This podcast right here that you're about to see, I just had a coffee and I'm fired up. And this person was dealing with all the wrong, right, wrong and things. And uh, just powerful podcast. I mean, we go over how to choose your board and train facility, what to look for, why your dog doesn't listen to you. Um, it, we go over other, I mean, this podcast is absolutely packed with information. Whether you've listened to me for years or you're novice, um, this podcast is going to give you a lot of information. I can promise you that. Uh, as you guys know, I, I literally uh, do about five of these online a day and I give you about one a week. So I want to make sure that it's a good one. This is really, really good. I promise you that. So I hope that you listen to the whole thing and enjoy it and find some sort of value from it. Um, so as you guys know, if you guys want to leave a review in the podcast review page, you can ask a question and I'll answer it at the end of this podcast. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to answer three of the most recent uh, reviews. So you just leave a review on the podcast platform and in that review, you leave a question. That's the only way to really contact me via podcast. So that's what I'm doing at the end. So make sure you watch and listen to the whole thing. Thank you guys for listening. I'm good, Tom. How are you? Good. Thank you. So I sent you, and I know you're going to review it while we're talking probably. I sent you a little uh, YouTube video explaining some of Iron's issues. Okay. Do you want to watch it? Sure. Yeah, I'll watch it now. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. So we have a, assumably a pit bull, right? Yeah. Iron the pit bull. Iron the pit bull. Um, with another dog out on a trail walk here, and um, I'm looking at Iron on a harness, just uh, forging forward, being a dog, checking things out on a nice walk. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think I verbally told you quite a bit, <laughs> oh. um, but I can recap. Recap, um, please. Yeah, so I have had him about eight months. I got him from an owner who had him tied up to the porch. He actually got away. I found him found the owner within about two weeks and then when he came to get him he was like oh he's my son's dog and that's why he runs away he's tied to the porch I'm like oh my freaking god because he's been in the house you know when you look back you're like wow that was hilarious when you think back to him getting on and off the couch and the bed and everything you realize oh he's never done that <laughs> mm, yeah. um great dog great dog uh but the big issues of course are lunging pulling definitely sometimes peep he does it to people he doesn't like gloves goggles hats and like i told in the video i was telling you like hey i was on a greenway with him the other day this lady was on a bike and i was talking to her she stopped we're talking he's sitting there next to me fine after about three or four minutes he went boom and i mean i he's on a uh, waist thing he's on my waist yeah and i mean he's about killed me i had to take hold of a tree sure and he's barking and lunging at her aggressively and i don't know why i mean it was like he was fine with her. She didn't do any weird movement. Uh, but the biggest thing, Tom, is running away. The biggest thing is running away. Okay. And I bought that e-collar. I have an e-collar. And when I first got him, and I was starting to use it quite a bit, and I just got a little bit inconsistent, and I really don't even know where to begin with that. You know, I took him on the trail yesterday with it mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of nudged him every now and again when he tried to take me off path. 
and it seems to work. One thing I'm worried about though is confusing him because I've got, I spent a lot of money on a fenced in yard so he could have room to run when we're home. And we've got neighbors with a pit bull next door and it just kind of grew over time. It's kind of weird. It's almost like, okay, see like that's him right now out there. Um, I had to put a shock collar on him that starts at the lowest level when he's in the yard and then works its way up if he's barking because what he was doing is very aggressively going to that other fence, trying to get through it, looked like he was going to murder that dog. Mm -hmm. And the other dog was doing it too. Okay. Well, since I put this collar on him, it's, I mean, it's working. He goes to the fence and he watches them. He doesn't do all this aggressive crap. Um, I don't leave it on him all day. And now I don't give him access to the yard when I'm not here. And, uh, and then I, I want to try to get better with the e-collar all the time. Okay. But my biggest thing is the running away. He, he got out again okay. last week. And well, I mean, it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about it. So, um, you know, a couple different things is, um, so it, it's relationship and control. So the running away, the barking, the lunging, all of that is an, an, an external product of lack of relationship is what it is. So all of that is, is, a, is, a, is a part of that uh, relationship that is lacking. So right now you don't have any engagement. Um, looking at this dog on the leash, he doesn't look at you once, doesn't care that you're even there. You might as well let go of the leash. And a lot of that is, so if you look at that type of relationship, it's, it, why wouldn't he run away? But he's so happy. I mean, I absolutely spoil the shit out of him. Yeah, but that's the big problem is he, <laughs> he doesn't care about that. Like you think he cares about it, but he doesn't like he, wow. yeah, yeah. So he, he, right. And like I said before, like if you let go, of, I mean, he ran away to everyone else. I mean, you found him cause he ran away from somebody. If he ran, yeah. if he ran away from you, he's going to find somebody else. So it's all wow. in, it's all in your head, really. About yeah, yeah. You probably don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong, Lori. You probably treat him way better and give him more of a life, and he is happier with you. I'm just kind of stating some of the things that I'm seeing here as far as your relationship goes. So, because if you think about it, right? I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. Is is he ran away from somebody else, and you're like, oh my god, I feel so bad. I'm going to take you in. And right now, yeah. you're telling me this dog constantly wants to want to run, run away from me. And so if he ran away from you, somebody else is going to do the same thing and so on and so on and so forth. So you're, yeah. he does, he's not looking at you any differently than he did the kid tied up to the porch. Do you understand? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's just me. The information you just gave me, that's exactly what you just said. So it's not me, it's not me guessing and it's not me in my opinion. You just told me all of that, that he's trying to run away from you every second he gets. He seems to think it's a game though. I mean, he'll stop. And then right when you're about to grab him, he gives you this jumpy, yeah. hawk-eyed, crazy clown look <laughs> yeah. and, and takes off again. And I don't know if he thinks he's, oh, he's just bored. Get back home. Yeah, he's just bored. He, he needs engagement. And so that's why I'm looking at this dog, you know, this terrier on a leash, and he is just not engaged. He's got nothing to do. So he, he, that's, this, is, this is very, 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 very common. Very common. I just posted a an Instagram story uh, this last weekend of a, of a puppy doing this same thing on a harness, um, just pulling and not engaged. And the dog was literally pulling to everything other than their owner. And you're teaching, uh -huh. you're teaching the dog at a very early age to not engage with you and to not care about uh, the other end of the leash. So it'd it be, yeah, go ahead. Well, because he's almost three and he's had that life this whole time, you know, he's only been for eight months. Some, like my vet said, 
he's always going to be a runner. Is that true? I don't think so. I I think um I think he's going to be a runner if you don't give him the things that he needs. Like right now he's not getting fulfilled as a dog, which is what Listen, here's one quote that I always tell people. A happy dog doesn't run away. Wow. Ever. <clears throat> okay. A fulfilled what dog do doesn't run away. I went through that with my dog, with my personal dog. I was working so much, and I wasn't a trainer at the time, and uh, I, I went through it. I know what it's like. Like I said, a fulfilled and happy dog doesn't run away. Why would they run away? Why would you, would, why would you? Why would you run away from home if you're happy? I know. I mean, none of the other – I've never had a dog do this. It's, yeah. It's absolutely well, it's, terrible. Yeah, it's just about fulfillment. Um, it, it really is. It comes down to fulfillment and engagement. And so right now, he doesn't need love and attention kisses and, and, and things. He needs engagement. He needs structure. He needs a job. He needs somebody to tell him what he can and can't do. Because throughout this four-minute video, he doesn't look at you not even once. Not once. Does he care that you're on the other end? He's just doing his thing. Like I said, he just dropped the leash. He's just going to go do his thing anyway. The only reason why he's on the leash is because you'll be able to bring him home after. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. what does he need? What do I do? Structure. He's got to have structure. He's got to have, he's got to have some sort of, some sort of purpose right now. He doesn't have a purpose. He's just doing whatever he wants to do, which is terrible for a dog, especially a terrier. Oh. They need something to do. They drive themselves crazy, which is why at any moment he's escaping because he's so bored. So talk about the things that we can do moving forward um, is kind of resetting the way that you're thinking about him. Which is, um, and listen, I'm a dog lover, have been my whole life. It's why I do what I do. Um, and, and the way that I educate and, and put out content and teach is, is a hybrid of being a dog lover from, from a very early age of a toddler to a professional trainer that travels the world and educates on how to build a better relationship. So I get it. I understand completely where you're coming from. And if I didn't start working with dogs professionally, I would probably say, yeah, all they need is attention, love, and affection, and they're just going to love you and listen to you. That couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually the best way to ruin your relationship with your dog is just give them everything without working for it. Because, okay. they're, because they're dogs, so they need guidance. They need leadership. So a dog like this comes into my facility, and I have probably 150 videos of this same dog on my channel is the dog comes in disengaged. Sometimes they're reactive. Sometimes they're aggressive. Sometimes they're pulling on the leash and out of control. And like I said, I have 150 visual cases on my, on my website that you can find. But what you need to do is you need to start giving this, this dog guidance and structure. So by structure, that simply means changing up your equipment because the, the, it's, first of all, it's dangerous for both of you to be on the equipment that you're on right now with such a powerful dog. If, yeah. you, if maybe you had a chihuahua, I would say it's still going to be <laughs> it's still going to be terrible for your relationship, but at least you're not going to get dragged down the road. So having a harness hooked up to a pit bull terrier um, that is solid. Um, well, how much does this dog weigh? Sixty-seven pounds. Yeah, I was going to say sixty-seven so pounds. Yep. So having a harness hooked up to a seventy-pound pit bull around your waist is uh, is very dangerous for for both of you. Um, yeah. so I would just switch to a basic slip leash and a slip collar and start working. But, but, but can I say one thing? Because that sure. guy had him tied up with that on his neck. That's how he was tied up with something on his neck. I noticed a huge change in his everything because when I started with the harness, because he's almost traumatized about anything tight on his neck, that collar was so tight. Mm -hmm. He still has an intention. 
And um, he was like a Houdini. When I first got him, that's how he got away so many times. I'd be walking him with a normal, you know, collar. And he has these little moves he does. Right. For two years, was that a flat collar? Say it again. Was that a flat collar? Yeah, just a, just yeah. a, a, yeah. But I would, I didn't want to do the prong collar because of his issues with his, I feel like he's a little traumatized with stuff on his neck. Right, but he's not because I'm watching him right now with a collar on his neck pretty tight and he doesn't give a shit about it. Okay. Right, so. Well, that was the e-collar. Right, it's still collar. Yeah. Right, and so you're jumping, you're jumping from a slip leash to a prong collar when you use the flat collar, and I'm not talking about either of those. So the okay. the flat collar again, like you're 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 using all the wrong equipment to to get results that you want. The flat collar is only there for tags. If you try to walk yep. a dog on a flat collar, they will get out of it and they won't listen to you because it has no action. So that makes sense. Okay. Having your dog, yeah, having your dog pull and disengage on a back clip harness is also one of the best ways to get your dog to ignore you. So, yep. okay. so, so, and I, and again, like I'm not talking about a, a prong collar just yet, in, unless you you may need it down the road. But again, like you, you gotta you gotta put away, you know, you gotta really put away, um, you know, some of the some of the feelings that you have because you're gonna you're gonna cripple him by by the feelings that you have, and I've seen that too many times. What kind of collar are you suggesting then? Just a slip leash, just a basic slip leash. Slip leash, okay. Yep. And I can Google that. Yeah, you can get them. Um, we we are working on getting them on our sites, but yeah, you can get them on Chewy on Amazon, and you just want a slip leash that uh, goes relatively uh, nice and tight and snug with the dog. Um, so it's attached. The leash is attached to the thingy all in one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Okay. Yeah, and so so talking about um, so there's a, there's a video I have which um, you can. It, seems like you can find your way around the internet pretty well but I'll give you the name of in the title of the video and I'd be happy to send it to you if need be but okay. um, there's a video that I have um, that goes over this in depth this is one of the first videos I've done so if you watch any of my videos it's usually a problem and a solution or a behavioral problem and a solution and in this okay. case this is one of the first videos that I introduced leash pressure um, and I broke it down and a lot of times I don't make these videos because they're just so basic I don't it's not as enjoyable to me, but, um, so it's the number one trick to stop your dog from pulling on the leash. And it's with a golden retriever named Benny in Arizona. And so that particular, um, that particular video is a step-by-step -step tutorial on how to introduce, uh, an actual leash, how to introduce leash pressure. So your dog understands how to yield to it and how to shut it off and what it is and how to use rewards okay. throughout the process. So that's okay. that's like a crash course, ten minute video on that. That will be super, super, super helpful for you. Okay. But um, but kind of going back to kind of going back to what we were talking about before, you need something with action. So when we talk about action, if you're looking at one of those collars, it slips within itself. It has action, which means if one end pulls on the other and it's and it goes tight, it's going to provide action to to the other end. Okay. Now, would you put the e-collar on him at the same time? So if you're on the greenway, for example, and he goes to lunge at a dog, I go, and I like the way you talk in your videos about how you talk to the dogs and yeah. you kind of teach them key words. Right. So I, um, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, necessarily using the remote collar with this particular dog in the beginning uh, anyway. I would, I would really be focusing on developing other skills. Like you have to, you, you don't have, 
you don't have the basics with this dog yet sustainably, realistically, in order to go out and use the remote collar. The remote collar is the finishing touches. Okay. The remote collar is basically step four obedience or level four obedience out of the things that you're doing. And right now, you're not at a point yet where he understands the, the basics of leash pressure. And that's something that you just have to introduce first. And don't maybe take them on the greenway when I'm doing that. Do that more of like in front of the house. And yeah, you, yeah, you got to teach them. See, that's the thing is like you got to teach them how to to understand the leash and you have to teach them how to understand the behaviors you want him to do first before you go out and you you use this um, in, in reality. Okay. So you have to teach him heel and how to yield to leash pressure first before you go out. So in this video, um, and, and I, this is a beautiful walking trail. Uh, absolutely love it. He loves it. I'm sure you love it. I'm not, I'm not discouraging you from doing any of this stuff, but in the preliminary stages, um, we're working, we're developing a relationship first before we're actually going out for these long walks. Because when you go out for these long walks, it's, and, and even if you wanted to go out and put him on a harness and say break, and then walk him this whole trail, you could, as you're working on leash pressure, but you have to have a verbal cue to let him know, okay, this is this is your break. This is where this is your time to to be a dog and do what you want. Okay. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, you would be doing leash pressure, and and let me just walk you through what that would look like. Um, so, in in the beginning stages, you would you would put the slip leash on and you'd put it high and tight right behind his ears okay. uh, nice and snug and um, and you're, you're going to have a little tab so on most uh, slip leashes including like the Mendota leashes that you can get on Amazon or Chewy will have a tab I have my personal tab um, that I like to use in some of my slips I just can't get enough of them to 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 sell anyway so you want to you want to snug that tab nice and snug so the collar and the leash doesn't move and all you're going to do is you're going to start doing directional changes. So you're going to go out and you're going to turn and you're going to say iron heel, just like that. And heel basically means, hey, I'm turning, I'm going the other way. And then if he doesn't, which he's not going to pay attention to you when you turn, he, he's just going to get, he's going to get a correction and a leash pop. And, and once he moves with you, you're going to say good heel. And then you're going to keep doing that. And basically what I call that is, is like a tune-up or a... A calibration. You're calibrating him to pay attention to you on the leash. Okay. And that's the so so the heel is essentially to break it down is the dog on the left side at your heels or at your heel, right? So that's what the heel command is is on a loose leash heel. And in the beginning, it's going to be very 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 uh, subtle. It's going to be very um, five steps, six steps, ten steps break. And you're you're actually saying break, but what you okay. but you what you don't want to do is you want, you don't want to be unrealistic, and ask him to heal for unrealistic, unfair amounts and and distance and durations. Okay, maybe ten minutes back and forth in the yard, kind of messing around. No, with I would him. I would even say like ten seconds. Like you're not oh, going to wow. be able to get ten minutes. There's no way a ten minute heal is. No, no, no. I I meant like work on it for like ten minutes. Oh yeah. Flip. I yeah, 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 yeah. So, so just to, to recap again is the the heel command is is a lot like when you ask a dog to sit. 
-hmm. It is a behavior that you want the dog to do until you then ask the dog to do something else or you break the dog. Okay. So when you tell a dog to heal, they are to go into the heel on your, on your left side, loose leash until you then say sit like every single, every single behavior, every verbal that comes out of your mouth should mean something to the dog. And it, and it, and it shouldn't end until you terminate it and you end it and you say, okay, now you can break and be a dog. Okay. So heel is like, he's gone my left side and he stops and he sets. Is that correct? No, the heel is the dog at your left side on a loose leash, either in motion or in, in standing next to you. Okay. Yeah. So if you're moving forward and you say iron heel, he is to be at your heels. If you stop, okay. he should still be at your heels. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So that's the first thing, right? Yeah. And you're going to work on that engagement and, and really capture what heel means to him and what it means to you and really teach him what heel is. So when you go out, you can ask him to heal in a realistic environment. Okay. Now, here's a good question for you. I, I know you guys have a waiting list, and of course, I'm like 11 hours away, but dear God, I would do anything to speed up this process. Mm -hmm. um, when you take a dog to something like, uh, I watched this video, that's what made me reach out to you, was <laughs> the uh, giant, giant aggressive mastiff uh, uh -huh. goes after everything, uh -huh. okay? And I was like, dear God, that's, that's iron sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the difference is what upsets me about the whole engagement thing, and I guess I need to retrain my mind as to what engagement is, is I try to keep him on a routine, you know? And he's funny. He knows his routine. If you don't get up and do that walk first thing in the morning, he's kind of a dick, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do so much with him. Like, I take him so many places. I, I, I try to keep him busy. You know, I work from home. He's got a dog door. He's got a yard. I'm with him a lot. I take him places. So by engagement, you know, if that's not just necessarily spending time with him, is it? No. Spending time with a dog is not engagement. Engagement would be uh, a dog engaged with you, like a dog that is uh, like a magnet, not necessarily physically, but looking at you, watching you, asking for direction. That's what dogs need the most of. Every single dog that I've ever worked with behaviorally needed to improve on this. It's like the number one thing why dogs create anxiety and stress because they don't know what to do. They're so bored. Dogs just, they're, they're, they're animals that need to work. And if you just let them be a wild animal, then you become roommates without any control. And that's where people are like, well, my dog doesn't really listen, but they're happy. Are they happy? Because they're trying to run away every five seconds. So I don't think they're happy. So engagement is really when you're out with your dog. And I, and I would suggest, I know that you saw that video with Cooper in Montana. I have uh, many, 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 many videos on leash reactivity and working on engagement. And uh, the one that I just put out um, is a great video for you to watch. It's called No Training, no Training Has Helped This Dog Until... You know, they came in. And so you're going to see in that video me work with my dog, Lakota, and you're going to see what engagement looks like and how a dog is supposed to respond to their handler. And no training. I'm sorry. No training worked. I'm writing it down. Until yeah, what? It's just my last upload. So if you go to my channel, it's my very last upload. It's called No Training Has Helped This Dog Until. Okay. And, yep. And then honestly, like the last 
five uploads. I mean, every single one of my <laughs> uploads, honestly, are, are dog reactive dogs. That's literally my niche. That's what I love to do. Um, I don't work with puppies and I don't work on basic obedience because I, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I don't. It's, a bo- it's boring. <laughs> for me, it, it can be. And, and, I, and I just think people out there don't need to see that. They can go to PetSmart and get that training done. So anyway, so when you're working on this stuff, you should go and reference some of these videos to, to, cause every single one of these cases that I've worked on in the last, I don't know, five years on YouTube, um, are very similar to what you're dealing with, with a dog not paying attention, a dog not engaged, a dog that doesn't care about their handler on the leash, and then them making bad decisions because of a result from that. So you have to scale back and start working on that engagement and development and teaching the dog what they can and can't do. Um, and, and that will be really helpful moving forward because you want the dog to start looking at you. You want the dog to stop when you stop. You want the dog to turn when you turn because you want the dog to say, Hey, you're in charge. I don't feel the need to, to be in charge in this video that you sent at the very end. There's two dogs walking. Your dog is four feet in front of you, laying down predatorially loading on these dogs because you don't have engagement. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Now, normally... And when I was making the video, I was like, hey, I can't use this shot, you know, this e-collar because I've got my, my phone in my hand. Normally, what I would have done is, you know, normally I would have kept walking. I've seen that when you stop and when other people stop, it just makes it worse. Sure. So I would just keep walking normally, get to the other side, get him far on the left of me and tap him with that and say, I or no, I or no. But that's not the right word either. No, it's it's it. You have to. I mean, I don't want to say it's not the wrong word. I mean, you can say spaghetti and meatballs. I don't, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what the dog knows. That's what matters. Like if the dog knows what no is, then yeah. And if you've worked on it out of this context, then yeah. But right here, watching this video, he is locked and loaded on these dogs. And he, he just, there, he, he doesn't care if you're there or you're not. Like just no regard to you at all. Right. Yeah. So, and that's not what you want because you're basically enabling him to do this stuff. He feels like it's okay for him to do. He feels like that's what he should be doing because you're not taking charge. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's the dog that you're walking in front of you is the same walk that the shelter dogs get three or four times a day. There's no training. There's no engagement. There's not much relationship. They may care about you. They may love you, but they're not listening to you, and they certainly don't respect you. Yeah, and somebody said that bulldogs are harder with that, meaning, uh, or pit bulls that, you know, they – they 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 think they're the boss and i i've noticed a difference with him with men than me you know and i know he was owned by men before although they mistreated him but he likes men i think a lot he respects men more than me mm-hmm. you know does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah and i just think they're you know they're terriers so the jack russell terrier pitbull terrier any type of terrier um is is tough i mean they they are working predatorial hunting killing machines that's what they do and if you don't have control over that and you don't have a good relationship with that animal, it, they, they don't live a good life. It's not healthy. So you have, to, you have to really start switching gears and getting control over this dog and teaching him what you want him to do. He has to know what you want him to do more than anything. I'll, I, was, I was downtown in the area that I live, and I heard this girl with an e-collar, and she was saying, heel, 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 big pit bull. Heel, harness, harness, same thing. Heel, 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 heel. And I, and I never, I don't think I've ever said anything to anybody in public about dog training unsolicited. Unless somebody notices <laughs> me and asks me a question, I don't say anything, ever. 
it's not my place. I don't, that's not me. Because I, right. I train and teach out of intuition. I'm not that guy that's like, I'm a dog trainer. I, I need to help you. I, I, that's so cringy to me. So I turned, <laughs> I turned around and I see this dog's neck twitching, 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 twitching. And she was just hitting the dog on a, on a stimulation level that, that was correcting the dog, but he didn't know what to do. And so I, and I realized that he was in training and I looked at the air quotes dog trainer and I said, does this dog know heel? The first time I said anything, I mean, my heart was racing because I was so upset what was going on in front of me. It just was, it, 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 you know, and I always talk about everybody has different styles and different ways. This dog was on a harness in front of this individual walking down one of the busiest streets in New York, getting corrected on a collar. And this dog was pulling right in front of her, just like your dog was. Right. And then the trainer said, oh, let him do what he wants. Let him do it. Give him a break. And then, the, and then she, he said he was, the dog was aggressive and then she got pulled down the road. It was a nightmare, a Ooh. nightmare. Unbelievable. Anyway, my point is, is that that's kind of what you were saying is you, you don't want to repeat anything anyway. Heal, 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 heal. Go to your room, go to your room, go to your room, do your dishes, do your dishes. Do your, if you have to say that that many times, the dog's not going to listen the first time. They're not going to listen the 10th time. And the dog probably doesn't know what it is. And whatever reinforcement and whatever correction you're using isn't fair to the dog because they don't know what you're a- even asking. The dog doesn't know heal. The dog doesn't know no. So so I'm, I'm giving you context of a situation that I recently saw that was a brutal nightmare. And it's something similar to like what you're touching on is you're correcting the dog with an e-collar. They don't, they were, and it might work. I'm not saying, hey, don't ever do that again. If it works, great. But there's so much more to remote collar training that you could be doing. And most importantly, you have to really audit how much the dog knows the behavior you're asking him to do. Which means starting with that slip leash and yeah, doing. You, yeah, you have to reset everything. Because right now your dog doesn't have the fundamentals. Gotcha. Yeah, he definitely does not. And when you talk about engagement and him being bored, mm-hmm. outside of working with him on that, you know, slip leash, what else can I be doing to make sure he's not bored? I mean, God, the average person doesn't spend as much time with their dog as I do. I'm just struggling <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah, and 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 that's okay. I mean, listen, I I don't think even my dog, like I don't, I don't think she. She's always fulfilled. She always wants to run, 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 right? So, like, it's not – you're never going to – I shouldn't say never, but it's hard to deplete all dogs, animals, uh, full capacities, right? It's hard to empty their tank. So don't don't right. feel like, you know, I'm just saying. But you got to have control where you, where you need it. So, so think about the more jobs that the dog has, the more fulfilled that the dog will be. So if you said, Iron, go to your bed, and he's like, ooh, I know what that is because we worked on it. He goes to his bed. You say, Iron, down. Oh, I know what that is because we worked on it. Boom, goes into a down. Iron, stay. You throw a tennis ball. He goes, ooh, I really want that, but I got to stay. He's thinking, 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 processing, listening, engaging. Can I go yet? Can I go yet? Can I go yet? You say, Iron, break. Boom, he gets off and he runs after the ball. He brings it back to you and you're playing. That is like six different things that you can test him on in a matter of 30 seconds that gives him good structure. So structure is essentially, think about like the military. You put somebody in the military, they're 18 years old, they don't really know what to do. They say, hey, you got to wake up at 6, make your bed by 6.15, shine your boots, be here at the mess hall by 7, etc. Structure is very basic things that the that the dog has to be held accountable for. If they don't do, there's punishment for that. It's very simple. Hey, man, wake up and make your bed. Not that hard. So same thing with him. Hey, I want you to go to your bed and I want you to stay right there. But with dogs... You know, humans went to school, so they know English. They know how to say, when, when you say, hey, make your bed, oh, I know what that is. 
Dogs don't know what these things are that we're asking them, and you and it's your job and responsibility to teach him these behaviors. So I always tell people, a lot of people want their dogs to be very well-mannered out in public, but they don't want to teach him manners privately. So you want your dog to behave, but they don't know how to. You haven't taught them how to. You want your dog to walk you- nicely, but they've never learned that. Right. And are you giving, it looks like in a lot of your videos, you've got a little treat bag on you and you're kind of rewarding each time with a treat. Is that something I should be doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I mean, positive reinforcement is powerful and it's about 99% of the work that I do. A hundred percent, you know, like a hundred percent, 99% of the work that I do (laughs) almost all the time. So absolutely. But rewarding a dog is just as powerful and, and as sculpting as correcting a dog. You have to be just as careful when you're rewarding a dog as you do punishing a dog because they, they, they are a sponge. So you got to be really careful with that, not to overdo it, not to do it at the wrong time, um, not to fumble and, and make the dog worse, not, not to have the dog completely predicated and, and only does behaviors for the food. So the answer is yes, you want to pay the dog. But I always tell people like, if you're not prepared and skillful enough to pay a dog and reward a dog, don't do it because your reward system will teach the dog manners right? And it's powerful. It's very powerful. Like I said, it's mostly what I do. But if you're doing it at the wrong time and you're saying the wrong things, you're going to reward the dog at, at the times that they shouldn't be and they're, going to, they're not going to learn. So right. let me give you an example. You say, Iron, sit. He puts his butt on the ground. You say, good sit. And you already have that food in your hand and it's delivered to his mouth. Pretty much by the time you say the T and good sit, it's in his mouth. Good sit. Bang. He gets paid. You say iron heel, you move forward, he's walking, he's walking, he's looking at you, he's looking at you, you stop, you say iron sit, he sits, and you get you pay him again with the food. Now the last time on the third heel, you say iron heel, you move forward, you stop, you say iron sit, he sits, he's anticipating food, you say good sit, you don't pay him with food. But the good sit has been marked and conditioned with the food reward so many times that he's no, he knows he's done good, and maybe the next time, it's called a randomized food motivation reward system, it's blah, blah, blah. But you want to basically tell him good sit every time he does good in the preliminary stages of training. So don't do the food all the time or don't do the food. I'm confused on that one. Sorry. Well, no, just don't do it all the time. Period. Okay. So that he begins to understand that the good, when you say good, is part of yes. the reward. That is the reward. The, the food is sugar on top. The food just makes what- our – the food's a cheat code. Okay, and what type of little treats do you do? I was I like, curious. Yeah, I like the Stuart Pro Treats beef liver. So it's like it's clumps of beef liver. And, and, and again, if you watch maybe the last five videos of mine, you'll see how I actually use these rewards. Um, so they come in little chunks, and I actually and they kind of dissolve in a dog's mouth. So what I do is I hold that chunk in my hand, and I'll just let the dog nibble it out of my fingers, and I'll just remove it. So I'll use one piece of food for 10 different behaviors for 20 minutes. Ah, so you're just giving a portion of that one little bit, piece. little bit. They don't listen. They're animals. Like they're getting beef liver. <laughs> you know, it, it always drives me crazy when people come in with an Italian deli on their hip and they say, "This is what I need to train a dog." I'm like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you nuts?" Um, so anyway, so yeah, I mean, you got to read between the lines and make sure that you're not overdoing it. And the dog is going to be just the dog. Listen, you got to think like you rattle a bag, a dog's excited, right? You even rattle a bag that the treat is in, they're excited. And then they smell it, they get more excited. And then you give them a taste, they're like, holy crap, this is the best thing ever. So no, you don't have to pay them every single time. And don't give them these big, clunky, 
crunchy treats that takes 20 minutes. That that's, that's terrible training. And you said basically as soon as they set, boom, it's in the mouth, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so I always tell people to load your treat and get ready to pay that dog. So your rewards, again, that's what I'm saying. Same thing with corrections, right? It's this, see, that's the thing is like positive reinforcement and positive punishment are, are the two really, th those are two really good things to start implementing in dog, working with your dog. And they're the same exact thing on two ends of the spectrum. The positive reinforcement encourages behaviors to happen again in the future. Positive punishment discourages behaviors to never happen again. We don't want that to happen, right? So when you're correcting a dog, it has to be on time. If they bark and you wait 20 minutes, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and you correct them after, it's not going to make sense to the dog. Same thing in, when you're rewarding the dog. If the dog sits, have that food in your hand. When that butt hits the ground, boom, they're getting paid because they're conditioned to understand that when the butt hits the ground, they're getting paid when you say sit. And then positive uh, punishment, what is that exactly? So think about a lot of dog owners, and probably including yourself, think positive means rainbows, butterflies, positive things for the dogs, and then negative means throwing a shoe at the dog's head or something. It's not true. So positive and negative in, in the dog world, if you will, and I won't get too technical on you, is basically positive means adding something to the equation, and negative means taking something away. So positive punishment would be adding a leash correction, adding verbal correction. Hey, leave it. That's positive punishment. Adding body pressure, positive punishment. It's actually virtually impossible to train a dog on purely positive um, because there's, there's, there's all sorts of negative things that happen. Even if you remove yourself from a situation that a dog is happy that you're in, you're, you're, you're doing something negative to the dog. So anyway, that's besides the point. But um, yeah, positive punishment is adding in that, that correction. And that correction could be verbal. That correction could be physical body pressure by just walking into a dog. Um, it could be leash pressure. It could be adding a noise. It could be throwing a clatter. I mean, there's so many things, but basically you're trying to discourage the dog from doing what they're doing. And there's companies out there that have made brilliant tools for us to be successful with working with dogs like prong collars, slip collars, e-collars, martingale collars, etc. which is why I use and utilize some of these tools to help dog owners. And in your case, you're using a um, you're using a harness, which doesn't allow you to do those things. It allows you to just okay. hang on. Can I use the e-collar as well while I'm training him or no? You, you can. I mean, I don't want to say no, but it just depends on how you're doing it. Um, everybody has different styles. Everybody has different, um, I guess, uh, what the, the outcomes that they want, expectations. and So it just depends on how you're doing it, in my opinion. Um, obviously, I utilize remote collars. I have my own partner with Dogtra. Um, but I think I'm doing it a lot differently than you are so you can but just be careful on your ex expectations of what you want to do in the future with it so it sounds like you're telling me to start out with that leash work on the basics and then work my way up to incorporating i've noticed in your videos i remember when i first watched your videos i was like why are these dogs dragging around these long ass leashes <laughs> and then I realized, okay, well, they were they're probably trained on that first, and now he's using the e-collar. Is that correct? Yeah, the, like I said before, the e-collar is uh, kind of like the finishing touches of of um, your work. So everyone's some people will say like, oh, I don't want to have to use the e-collar. I'm like, dude, the e-collar is the cherry on top. The e-collar is a privilege at the end of your training. The e-collar is an extension of your pre-existing behaviors being controlled completely off leash. So if if and, but but again like. That's the way I do it. That's not everybody's way. Of, like I said, that guy downtown was something I would completely disagree with because A, it doesn't work, and B, it's not fair to the dog. 
that's my opinion. Well, it's not like because the dog didn't learn the basics first. Is that right? Yeah. So for me, I, I use the e-collar as an extension of my already known behaviors. How much in a day's time would you suggest that I take time and work on these things? Like, um, yeah. Day, like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. So you don't like wear them over. Yeah, exactly. 10 minute sessions are great. Just 10 minute sessions as often as you can throughout the day. Just make it super fun quality over quantity, get up there, work them on high and then break them out. Is there anything else to do to keep him engaged throughout the day? Um, yeah. I mean, I think training is the best thing. I mean, just see, like give him, giving him a job and giving him a task. He will, you would notice a significant difference in your relationship with him. hundred percent. He'll start looking at you. He'll start going, Hey, what are we doing next? Is this okay to do? So like one of the things that you can do that I tell everybody to do that you can start right now with your flat collar is put him on a leash, go to the door, ask him to sit. He's going to put his butt on the ground. You're going to grab the handle. He's going to get up because that's what sit means to him. Doesn't really mean sit. Okay. So then what you have to do is no sit means sit. So then, so then you're in a situation where, and and I'm almost 100% confident that that's how it's going to go for you guys. Cause I just, I can see what's going on on the leash here is his expectation of sitting is just for a moment. And then once the five seconds is up, he's up. And then especially if there's something that he's interested in, he's definitely up even before that. So you go up to the door, you say iron sit, he puts his butt on the ground. You grab the handle. He's going to get up. You say no sit and you put him back into a sit. So right there, you have to work on the very basics of the SIT command, which is the first thing that most dogs learn. And if your dog doesn't follow along with, if your dog goes down the path of what I'm saying or somewhat similar, or maybe they sit for five seconds and then they get up, your dog doesn't even know sit. You can't do anything else before you master that or you shouldn't. And he doesn't get up till you tell him to. Right. So that exactly. So think about there's a micro and a macro. So there's a little picture and there's a big picture. So when we ask him to sit, we, we're telling him to sit, and, and basically it's an implied sit, which means we're not telling him to stay because you're standing right next to him. You're grabbing the door, and he's expecting that's a, that's a portal for him. We're going outside. This is exciting. I am done with this sit because why the hell am I not? Why wouldn't I be done with this sit, right? And yeah. then you say, no, SIT, and you give him pressure on the leash, and you put him back into a sit. And basically you're going to wait this out, until you can grab that door and open it and he's still in the sit and then you say, okay, break, and you break him out. So the micro is, is you're teaching him how to sit, which he probably doesn't know sustainably in a realistic context, which is likely for most dogs, to be honest with you, right? So it sounds silly. People are like, oh no, my dog knows sit. And then take the food away and go outside and ask your dog to sit. Probably won't do it, which means what good is it? So so there's that. And then the other thing is, is the, the bigger picture or the macro is, is your dog is actually looking at you for permission to do something for the first time. So you're, you're, you're changing roles. If the dog isn't listening and the dog isn't responsive to your verbal cues, they are getting some positive punishment, which is verbal pressure from you. Ah, 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 sit back into an SIT and you're checking him with the leash and the collar. Okay. So he's going, Oh, and he's, so you, you become a filter. You become something, you become a gatekeeper of that thing. And you, you, you say, you have to pay attention to me before you can just go out the door. Pulling into Disney World with your kids and they, they open that sliding glass door of the minivan and run across the busy parking lot into the thing without you. That's a problem. 
That's what you're right. dealing with right now. Is he's seeing that open door and he's just going. I don't listen to you. You're not in charge. I never listen to you. What are you going to do about it? All of these things kind of are, are questions that you have to ask yourself. So that's the very first test that you can do when we get off the phone to start implementing engagement. You have to look at me or you have to sit there with that door open as much as you want to go through that sucker. So it's suppression. It's compulsion. You're telling him you can't do something that he really wants to do and you're making him sit there. And then you're saying break on your terms and you're letting him go through. Okay. Now here's a question for you. Your drop-off camp, do you know how long your wait list is? For board and train? Yeah. Where you bring them and, and they're, yeah. you guys work. Uh, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't have much to do with any of the training there. Um, I don't know the schedule. I don't know, uh, any of that because I don't, I don't train there often. I just oversee all of the training uh, as far as doing meetings and making sure everybody's I, – I don't go in there unless there's a problem training-wise. I'm, I'm in there all the time, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and talking to the staff and making sure that the toilet paper is restocked and things like that. But I don't train any of the board and train dogs unless I absolutely have to, which is hasn't happened in over two years because we have a good team right now. So I would say, well, I don't know, yeah. uh, probably okay. – usually a month, usually a month out at least. And how does that work? Because there's one here called Off Leash Training, and I've read uh-huh. a lot of reviews about it. Um, I'd love to go to yours, but I I want to know, you know, when you do bring a dog to something like that, mm-hmm. and you pick up the dog. Of course, I know a lot of it is on the owner. Meaning, mm-hmm. if the basics have been instilled, and I work on those things daily after he's been trained like that for a week or two weeks, is there a good success rate? Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it just depends on the training. Like if if, if that like there's companies out there and and if I don't want to say this wrong, but if it's an off leash canine franchise, because there are franchises, um, I've seen really great off leash franchises and I've seen terrible ones that I wouldn't send my hermit crab to. So it just depends on who's running the company and the things that you want to do and expectations. Some of them have facilities. Some of them don't. Some of them bring dogs home. You know, how much stress is that going to be for the, I mean, it just depends. I mean, like at every, like restaurants, right? You're like, Hey, there's a restaurant down the road. The reviews are pretty good. Do you think it's good? I'm like, I have no idea. So I, I think what would help you even more is like expectations. So I think I'd be asking the questions and really going over. These are the things I want to work on. Is this something that you guys are going to be able to do while my dog is here? Right. And things like that. Okay. And then also just looking at the testimonials and, and, kind of reading through the problems that those individuals had and the solutions that the, they had. Cause they can say, Hey, they taught my dog how to do X and that's a hundred of those reviews out of 150. And you're like, well, I'm not really looking for X. I'm looking for Y I'm looking for this. So every single training camp is going to specialize in something different, which is why a lot of people go to like a positive only, um, club, uh, and if you want anything outside of basic obedience or obedience in general, it's going to be challenging because they don't use any of the other quadrants. They're limited dog trainers. So you just have to read between the lines and you can get a really same thing with balanced dog training, which is why I have a training company that specializes in every avenue of dog training. I have people that are great at obedience. I have people that are greater behavior mod. I have people that are greater e-collar. So you just have to read between the lines and see what that particular company specializes in because if it's basic obedience, that's great. That's important. And it's still worth your money. But if you're looking on other things, then you have to make sure that you're asking those questions. Yeah. They have all different levels and 
the most expensive one, of course, is that off-leash training. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when it comes to that with that e-collar, you know, I guess my concern with the e-collar and getting too reliant on that is, okay, <laughs> the collar's not on. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, at any point, do they get where they just don't associate doing anything they're supposed to do unless, you know, if they've been so highly trained in that e-collar? Yes and no. It just depends on, on how good the training is. My dogs don't need any equipment ever. So, but I mean, you know, I've trained dogs that don't ever need equipment again. They listen without any equipment. Now, just because equipment's on doesn't mean it's being used. Dog can wear an e-collar for four days and I don't hit the button once. So that means I didn't use it. But if I did use it because there's a rattlesnake or a deer, I could. That's the advantage of being an unlimited dog trainer and having balance and being able to do all sorts of different things in your toolbox. But um, the answer is yes, you should be able to get away with doing everything without the dog becoming collar aware if the dog is trained properly. But again, I, I can't validate uh, for this particular company and I don't know because there's some companies that just say, hey, here's your dog, here's your remote, good luck, let us know if you have any questions and you're out the door. As crazy yeah, as that sounds, that's what Three some... hour thing at the end where you do it all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would love to know more about yours. I'd be willing to do the drive. So I did fill out one of those registration forms. Is that the best way for them to get with you about the waiting list? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't heard anything back about, uh, dates, I mean, basically what we do is you, you fill out the form and you put a deposit down for your dates and that's it. And then when your dates come, you bring the dog in. Okay. So on the site, it just gave you the ability to fill out the form, but I, I don't know anything else. Like nothing else came to me. Um, and I don't know if that's because I scheduled this session, but maybe I'll just email them. Yeah, I would email because, yeah, th- this stuff, the Tom Davis stuff and the Upstate Cannon stuff are actually completely separate on two different uh, management companies. So I would, um, yeah, I mean, we're in the same ocean, but two different boats. So I would uh, I would just reach out and say, hey, I filled out a, an application for board and train, just looking to see your earliest availability. Okay. And would that be the uh, same email that I sent this video to? Nope. Nope, it would be it would be the canine educator email, and you can find that on our website. Um, okay. Yeah, if you just go to our website, actually, and and fill out a, a quick little form and just say, hey, I'm just following up with my application for board and train, and see what they say. Okay, that would be great. Well, these are all great things to start with. Uh, it, it sounds overwhelming, but I'm sure I can do it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I, I know you can do it. Uh, I think you just have to get back down to the basics. Right now, you're trying to just fix all the wrong. Th- you're you're trying to fix all the things you don't like. And of course, it's like us. I'm like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to look like this, and I want to lose this much weight, or I want to. It's like, okay, yeah, that's easy to do if you work out for the next six months and eat these things. It's an easy, it's an easy idea. It's just actually doing it is, you know, where you're, where you have to do it. So. I think you just have to go back down to the basics and actually teach your dogs, teach your dog what to do. And I, like I said, I have sounds like you watched that Cooper video, which is a very popular video. It's got over a million views. So, um, but there's so many other videos that kind of go over the things that you're working on on my YouTube channel that you can utilize for free. And get the basics down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Every single, I would say almost every video is dealing with leash reactivity and the dog disengaged with their owner, hundred percent. Okay. Well, this is all great info, and um, I'm going to go get one of those. I'll order one today. We have an Amazon fulfillment here. It'll be here by the end of the day. Sweet. <laughs> so Sweet. I'll start with that. Yeah, that's I'll great. Start. Yeah, start, start on all yeah. that stuff and then just get to work and, and, yeah, follow up with maybe some some board and train stuff, and we'll see how things go for you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate yeah. you. And uh, 
I will reach out to the uh, facility. And so that facility, I know you're not, I know you said you're not there, et cetera, but are they, they obviously if you found it or whatever, they're good about, okay, if you leave the dog and they train the dog, that when you get the dog, they help you, oh, they yeah. train you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so everybody, that's the good thing about my company is everybody trains similarly and educates similarly and teaches similarly to me. So they're all under, you know, at one point, every single trainer there had worked under me for the most part, except some of the very new ones. But, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm still very active in making sure that they're still training in, in the way that I train and they're teaching the way that I do and their spin. And so everybody um, falls under the same umbrella that that how I, my philosophy is and um you know, you're not you're not getting exactly me, but you're you're getting a, a shade of me in a different way. And it doesn't make them better or worse. It just it, they're just some people some people think that when you go into the facility, you're getting me every time. And because we have thousands of clients a month, it's and plus my hundreds of clients a month online. It's virtually impossible. But yeah. Right. OK, well, I will I'll look a little bit more into that. Sweet. And um I appreciate you so much, Tom. I'm looking forward to starting on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for you. Get to work and best of luck with everything, okay? Thank you. Talk right. to you soon. All right, Lori. Thank you. Bye. All right, you guys, this is the end of the podcast where I'm going to answer three of your questions you left on the review page. First one is, is uh, episode 84 with Robert Cabrero, and they, and they said that to dis my fam amendment i don't know anyway excellent episode with amazing guests so thank you so much for the five stars on that and the question is when teaching place how do you avoid creating the situation where the dog is just anticipating being released also well let me answer that first first thing is is making sure that you're not releasing the dog from a distance everyone does that and it makes that anticipation build so when you put a dog into a place don't walk across the room and recall the dog or walk across the room and break the dog because they're constantly going to be pushing forward to say, is it yet? Is it time? Is it time? Is it time? Go and pay the dog in the place command and randomize your break. So the dog is anticipating that the next thing that comes out of your mouth is a break command. That's the first thing. <clears throat> and then the other thing is, is, is it normal for them to fly off the place when released or is, yeah. So same thing. Don't release your dog in that excitement way because you're building the dog to explode. You're building the dog to anticipate that explosion. Make it a calm break. Grab the leash, pay the dog. Okay. Break and break the dog off. Good question. Hope it helps. Um, let's see. We got some more going on here. All right. We have another one from Pup Stuff. Thank you for the five-star review. I appreciate you so much. I have a small Chewini mix who is two years old, and I have a mixed and I have a fixed male. Just as Ace was in the last episode, which is one of the dogs that we talked about, he is fearful and not confident with other dogs. Since he is so small, I struggle to make corrections when he does attempt to go after other dogs on the leash, far away or if they are up close. I do my best to keep him away from strange dogs during walks and notice he is more reactive to larger dogs, assuming since, since he's so small. What is the best way to, to correct a small dog under five pounds? Thank you so much. Well, I think the slip is, is a good way to start. If your dog is not super responsive to the slip and you feel like you're overpowering the dog physically, you can get a small prong collar. There's a micro prong collar, um, and I don't know exactly who makes it, to be honest with you guys, but you can search it. Herm Springer makes some of the hardware for this company um, from what I found out, but it's a small company based in the United States, and I can't remember the name of it. But if you're dealing with a dog that's that small and you can't use other things... That's what I would suggest. Um, or, you know, in the future, possibly getting like an IQ Mini from Dogtra, which has a vibrate setting, which you could use. Um, that's my answer 
to that. Um, but I think if you're skillful enough with just a small, get the smallest slip leash that you can find. You can get them that are, the gauge is really, really small so it doesn't overpower the dog. That would be my first, um, my first suggestion. Okay, we have another review from Alyssa Marie 256. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for the five-star review. We really appreciate it a lot. Um, your podcast has helped me so much, so thank you very much for that. Um, so here's the question. I took my dog to the board and train for aggression biting, and he stayed for three months. That's a long time. That's a very long time. Two months were supposed to be for obedience, and one month was supposed to be for aggression. He's never showed any aggression when he was there, so, so they never did the aggression training. His obedience is good and still not perfect. I have a major anxiety taking him in public places just in general. So we have not had a bite incident. Well, that's good. But still have had some unwanted behaviors. I just don't know how to overcome my anxiety. I feel like it doesn't help his recovery. So how do you, re how do you, how do you get more confident with your dog? Um, Alyssa, what, what I would suggest is, is work on your breathing. I know that that sounds silly, but when you go out and you're working with your dog, make sure you're breathing. <sighs> nice and relaxed. Shoulders are straight. You're relaxed on that leash. I know that this also sounds silly, but bring a, bring a, bring it without the dog. Put the leash on nothing and walk into these places without the dog. The other thing that you can do is uh, to maybe help with some of your anxiety because obviously it's, it's stemming from you. It's not necessarily the dog is bring um, a dog that doesn't have any behavioral problems or a younger dog that's super friendly. That may help some of the tension and, and, and kind of help your muscle memory of becoming more confident and less stressful out with the dog. Um, so those are a couple of different things that you can try. I hope this helps. No Bad Dog Army, you, you're the freaking best. If you guys want me to answer your questions here on the podcast, go and leave a review. And in the review forum, you can leave your questions. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.